soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Bram, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. When God's saying for us, go up, go up, get after it. Because we're not coming from what we think we might be able to accomplish in our own strength, but we're coming from who Christ is and what he's already accomplished for us. And we're simply obeying him and moving toward what he has for us. See, this is the Old Testament version, but through faith in Jesus Christ and, the, and being born of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit and the promises of God, we're moving toward we're not in the dark groping, not knowing. We're, being, we're walking by faith, but we're being led by the one who died for us and rose for us. And so you get after it. So I want to remind us, as you're thinking about what's out there, like, get after it. And when you think about getting after it going forward from all that we've been through in this last year, you think, well, okay, he says, do not fear or be discouraged. And that was before they went in or even spied out the land. We are tempted to be afraid. And what are we most afraid of? The unknown. We're afraid of the unknown. The new job. If you have it, the first day is coming. Like my sister Barbie on Monday, her first day on the new job. Macy San Diego, she knew that. She found her way there. Four years ago when she's at rehab house and got the job as a rehab person at Macy's as a temp during Christmas season, that was a huge step of faith to get back into society, go to work, and get paid $15 an hour and work in the shoe department. And she became like a manager, and she's really good at selling shoes because Barbie's got great people skills. And so she got, out, got after it, and she... Little things, faithful, bigger things. And so, but on Monday, she gets on the 95 from Vero Beach, Florida and drives them over Beach, Florida and goes to the new Macy's with all new people. And she's not selling shoes. She's selling furniture. She's not on the taking Interstate 8 to work at Macy's where Jack Murphy Stadium is being torn down right now. She's taking the 95, new freeway, different time zone. Still a Macy's, doesn't look like her Macy's at Mission Valley. It looks like a Macy's in Melbourne from the 70s, older looking building, but it has the Florida palm trees, not our fan palms, but the Florida palms. That's her day on Monday. She was panicking the other day. She called me up. She was terrified. Joey, Barbie, God got you cross country. The car died in Mobile, Alabama. You found a way. You signed the, the closing papers at the Navy Federal in Pensacola on Thursday. I'm so proud of you. Then you got to the signing on Friday in Vero Beach. The, the pod with your stuff's arising on, arriving on Thursday. I'm in an empty house, and I'm like, what have I done? You've gotten to the promised land is what you've done. You've, you've gotten after it. You've gotten after the next thing. I'm just, I'm scared. I'm scared to go to, I'm scared to, go to work at Mace. Joey, Joey, because my mom's gone. She's always having these conversations with my mom. My mom said, let her have them with you before she passed away. She's like, Joey, Joey, I'm the big brother. She's like, Joey, I'm, I'm so scared. I got a new boss. I'm selling furniture, not shoes. Barbie, God was faithful. And Macy's in Mission Valley is going to be faithful at uh, Macy's in Melbourne Beach, Florida. You're going to crush it with furniture. You're, just, you're going to be fantastic. Macy's has good furniture. We went to Macy's and we're looking for a couch. I got good furniture. It'll be fine. Okay. She called me yesterday. The pod came with all the stuff. They're unloading it. Hannah and Nate showed up with the guys from the youth group to unload it and everything. 
Now it looks like a house. You sent me a video today. Now it looks like a house, right? The furniture, the furniture, the dog's getting more settled because the furniture that came from California is suddenly in the empty house in Florida and it's not empty anymore. You got to get after it. Go up and get it. And don't be afraid. I thought of my sister. Every mile she's driving across the country last week was a mile farther from the known and a mile closer to the unknown. We need those trips. We should all at 55 be shaken up like that. That's a good thing. I did that when I was younger. I'm not really in a hurry to do that when I'm older, but I've done it. <laughs> yeah, but I want to be in a rut. So if that's what God has to do, then, you know, that's okay. But we, we need those adventures. Sitting in the office with Brian Broderson, recant, recounting the first time when the Iron Curtain came down, the first Calvary Chapel pastor that got on a plane and went to Russia with the team was Brian Broderson. And we're in there with Pasha, who got saved two years later when Jeff Johnson went there and shared the gospel on a trip. Two years later. But Brian was the first Calvary pastor because I was at Vista when that happened. They just got on a plane and made things happen. We got to go up. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Or to quote an athlete, Wayne Gretzky, you miss all the shots you never take. So you got to go. You just got to go. So I want to remind us, we're a moving people. Ours is an active faith. And yeah, there's things that will make you afraid. If you look long enough, there are giants. They're bigger than you. Their cities are stronger. They are fortified. They're not, they're not soft. They're fortified. But it's not about what we see. It's about who we serve. And where there's the blessings, there's going to be a battle. So focus on the blessings. Get after the blessings. And let the Lord fight our battles. Go up and possess it. And do not fear or be discouraged. My poor sister. Oh, my goodness. When I got the text, because it was the day Jennifer and I were driving to Denver last week. I got the text from Barbie, the car died in Mobile, Alabama, on Highway 10. I was like, oh, Lord, of all the things I could have just like, God help Barbie. And she has a friend with her and the dog. And they're broken down on the 10 where there's no shoulder. And I've driven past Mobile, Alabama a couple times. They can't find a rental car anywhere in Mobile, Alabama. Because if you don't know in COVID, there's a lot less rental cars. They're harder to get. I was like, oh, Lord, please. It's just so close. You're so close. It's like you're looking at Jericho. You just can't bring the walls down. You're so close. But you know, Barbie got it the next day. She didn't call me. She got it done, figured it out. And God, God can do what your big brother can't, right? Yeah. So don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. My sister, she was driving to the first house she'd ever owned. The cutest little house in Florida. It's so cute. And the car broke down in Mobile, Alabama. We can't be afraid or discouraged. You got, we got to get after it. It's life. Life happens. There's always a battle. Get the blessings. Fight the battle. Let the Lord fight the battle and give you the blessings. Now, we also see another thing that God goes before you. It says in verse 29, then I said to you, so when they came back and Joshua and Caleb presented the good report and then the 10 spies gave the bad report, they had to choose good report, bad report, and they chose bad report. And now we get insight where Moses, we learn more about what Moses said that night. He goes, hey, you people, what are you doing? Do not be terrified or, for, uh, or afraid of them. So don't be terrified or afraid of them. So this is a double two. Like the last one was don't fear or be discouraged. This one, don't be terrified or afraid. The Lord, your God, goes before you. He goes before you. And it goes on to say in verse 31 that the Lord God carried you as a man carries his son. There are men here who have carried their children, daughter or son. There's something when you carry your own child at various times, you would carry him. You know, there's, but the context is a father and his son, not a father and his daughter or a mother and her son or a mother and her daughter. It's a father carrying his son is the context. It's like, 
I think of my boys when they're younger, like, you know, like a father carries a son. You asked me how far would I carry my son? As far as I could till I dropped. That's how far I'd carry my son. It's amazing what you could do if your, your child's life depended upon it, how far you could go carrying your son even now. We could find strength we can't even imagine for the love of a father for a son or parents for children. God says, I carried you. Moses goes, he carried you like a father carries his son. What is wrong with you people? He carried you. You can look back. He carried you as a father carries his son. When, when, you know, when they fall asleep, when they come back from Disneyland, when we lived in Cardiff, there was one day we went to Disneyland and we had all the kids and I'll never forget, they're all completely passed out. We got there when they opened and we didn't leave till they closed. They had sugar. They had everything you could have at Disneyland. Otherwise, I mean, they were out like, I mean, like just totally out, forever out. And they're all there. And I remember that night, I've got pictures of it. All four kids are all just asleep. And I remember carrying all four of them from the car to their beds as a father carries his son. Even Timmy, little Timbo, old Disneyland, you know, wiped them out, right? The kids, some of you know that. By the way, it's a wonderful thing to know that feeling and have that memory to pull back on. Moses says, you guys, God carried you like a father carries a son. He is going before you. As he carried you out of the car when you came home from Disneyland, when you were passed out, he goes before you for the next thing. He's, gonna, he's carried you in the past. He is going to go before you. He's going to go before you. So as God went before them for the promised land, he's going to go before Joshua and Caleb and all of them to enter in. He's going to go before them in all their, into the land. He's going to go before them. They are going to conquer the land. Joshua is going to cast lots. The tribes are going to get their territories. It's going to be exactly like God said it would be. He's going to go before them. And so we're reminded as we think of the opportunities before us as we move into spring and coming out of this experience that we'll remember for the rest of our lives, for sure. He's going before us. In the, new, in the things that, he might be calling us to things that we know. He might be calling us to things that we, we don't know. He might be calling us to things that we feel, ah, I feel like that's kind of my wheelhouse. I kind of understand that. He might be calling us to things like, well, I don't, I'm not sure about that, but he's calling us to it. And in all those things, he goes before us. He goes before us. And I shared this story not long ago, but it, for me, it's, it's still one of the most powerful memories. But when we were moving to Virginia Beach and Hannah was nine months old, we had the dog in the car. Jennifer and I, it took us eight days to get across the country. And we're going to Virginia Beach, starting a church, Calvary Chapel. There's a scattering of about 15 people that had been part of a home fellowship that was called Calvary Chapel. Pastor Chuck was on the radio, WODC radio there in Virginia Beach. Uh, once a week he was on. So we had a little bit of air cover to get us. You know, Pastor Chuck's on the radio. We can tag his radio spot. We're a new Calvary Chapel. City of a half million people. But the longer I, the farther I got from Calvary Vista and everything I knew, and the closer I got to Virginia Beach and everything I didn't know, I really began to like, you know, you're the husband and your husbands can relate to this. We're like, you got to keep your cool. Like, you just got like, oh, it's all good, honey. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, sell it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like you, don't, you, you know, when the parents stay calm, the kids stay calm. And when the husband stays calm, then the wife stays calm, usually. You know, it's like, uh, but the closer we got to Virginia Beach, I was just like, what have I done? What have we done? And in that case, there was, we were supposed to get a, there was a house. Back then, interest rates were 14%, by the way, in 1990. 14% interest rates on homes. And a lot of militaries in Virginia Beach. So 
the military would move on, and what they would do is you could assume the loan. You could just take over the house. So you just, they just give you the house. It's like, you, you have my house now. Most of the houses were not right side up. They are upside down, and the interest rates were 14%. So there was a home next to someone who wanted us to start the church. It was a townhome. They were connected garages. And they said, hey, um, CBN has a fund to help pastors. So CBN has committed to... Uh, pay a couple thousand dollars to get you for closing costs to get you in this house and you assume the loan. I mean, this is like 1990. The mortgage was like 750 bucks, right? A little two-bedroom thing. And we're so excited. I'm like, okay, well, at least we have a place to live. We get back there. Before we get there, we find out the CBN thing fell through. So I'm in, I'm in like Tennessee thinking, oh, it's all good. You know, I'm scared, but at least we have a house. And before we get there, it's like, we don't have a house. Something got lost in the communication, and it's not about CBN, it's about you and the Lord. You know, the Lord give it, the Lord take it, like, <laughs> it's a bad sign, it's all good. We get to Virginia Beach after driving 3,000 miles over eight days. We pulled in a shopping center I'd never been to. We're hungry. I look around, this food, that food, sandwich, I want sandwich. I walk in there, first thing this guy, I'm so beat up, so tired, the guy looks at me and goes, Dude, Joey Baran. It's like a surfer guy. He looked like Spicoli. Dude, Joey Baran. What are you doing in Virginia Beach? I was like, hey. I'm moving here to start a church. No way. Pro. Hey, pro. My friend writes for the Virginia pilot, and he needs to do a religious story, and he doesn't know what to do. He should do a story on you. Sure. You're thinking, how are we going to even want to come to the church? How are we going to promote the church? It's 1990. How are we going to do this? The largest paper in Virginia Beach. I don't think, I, I honestly felt like I, I'm not called. I made a big mistake. I'm trying to figure out how to save this situation. I don't have the house. I'm starving. We pull up and I go in this, re, this sandwich shop. The guy says, you're Joy Brand. My friend needs to write an article for the paper about religion. And you're the article. That article ran a week later. So many people came to the church over the next two years from that article. The Lord goes before you. Now, that's what Joey Brand needed. You, you might, it might be totally something different for you, but that's what he did. He meets us where we're at, and he goes before us, and he shows himself strong on our behalf. That's why I tell that. I, haven't, I didn't tell that story for years, but I've told a couple times in the last year here because it's just such a profound moment. Like, you're terrified. It's like, oh, my goodness. And then I realized, no, the Lord is in this. There's a lot of sandwich shops in Virginia Beach. We can Google them right now. And there's a lot of shopping centers and strip malls. And that's when we came to. That's when I walked in. There's a lot of different people that have that shift. The Lord went before us. So whatever God has for you, that brings you to the point of just sheer terror over what's happening next. Just know this. The Lord always goes before you. And he carries you like a father carries his son. He goes before you. Jesus Christ didn't die on the cross and rise from the grave to send us to Virginia Beach and say, I'll see you in 30 years when you figure it out. He went before us because we're going to preach his name. We're going to be transformed in his character and we're going to advance his kingdom, not by might nor by power, by his spirit. It's his church. It's his work. You're his. It's his calling. So we get after it. And we know 
that he, as a father carries a son, he carries, he's already carried us more than we know, and he goes before us. So get your story about how he went before you. Because you can't have that story if you don't go. If you don't go, you don't have that story. You personally need to take those steps where you get to like, oh, wow, the Lord went before us. You need to have those divine moments, those supernatural moments, those miraculous moments where you go like, it's like when Peter, when Jesus says, go, get the, go catch a fish and we'll pay the tax. And Peter catches the fish and there's a coin in there that pays the temple tax. He's like, whoa now. Huh. Peter's a fisherman. There's a lot of fish in the Sea of Galilee. I catch the one that has a coin to pay the temple tax. The Lord goes before us. He knows what you need before you ask. Take a nap. There's the car. Like, he goes before us. But you got to be willing to go to see him go before you. So that's the lesson of their failure is an exhortation for our success and our fruitfulness and our faithfulness. Now, there's another thing. God will show the way. It says in... Uh, Verse 33, it says, that after all this, you didn't believe. You did not believe. So he's recounting how at that time, that night, they didn't believe. But he said, that God who went in the way before you to search out a place for you to pitch your tents, to show you the way you should go in the fire by night and in the cloud by day. He went, he went, he, he shows us the way to go. So he doesn't just, he tells us to go, 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 and he tells us to go get it. And then he goes before us, but then he shows us the way to go. So he's already gone before us, but then he shows us the way to go. So there's a destination of the journey, but he's, he's guiding us in the journey. He guides us in the journey. And we need him to guide us. We, well, I always say, you know, I want to enjoy the journey, but we need to be guided by the Lord in our journey. And so we talked about the fire by day and the cloud by night. Supernaturally for 40 years, when it was time for them to move, the cloud would just start moving and they would just follow the cloud. Or at night, the, cloud, the fire would move and they'd follow the fire and it led them. They, it was very clear how they're led. But you know, in the New Testament, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would guide us and lead us in all things. And the Spirit of God guides us. So when we think about how are we led, as we think like we're going we're gonna to go up and possess, we're going to go and we're afraid and we could be discouraged and we believe God's going to go before us. But when do we go? How do we go? Where do we go? We need to be led by the Lord. And as you think about it, the way the Lord really guides, because it'd be nice, wouldn't it be nice to have the cloud and the fire? Like when you're, you're trying to pick a new job and you have three choices, wouldn't it be nice if the Lord just goes, follow the cloud. There it is, all right, easy peasy. But that's not the New Testament and the New Covenant. We get to abide in Christ. We get to, we get to press in and hear the voice of the Lord. We get to let him, we get to hear him speak from his word. We get to have his peace rule and reign in our lives. So when you think about where to go, when to go, how to go, these sorts of things, that he would show you the way. He goes before us, but then he shows us the way. Well, I think the clearest way to think, how does he does that for all of us, when we think about our lives, how we ended up here as a church, how I ended up at Costa Mesa with Worship Generation 20 years ago, he's going to speak to us from his word, so we need to be in his word at all times. Then he's going to uh, prompt us by his spirit. We want to be sensitive to the spirit. And then there's going to be Confirming circumstances, like you get confirming circumstances sometimes. Now, the circumstances don't dictate the decision, but they confirm the word and the spirit. And then ultimately, you take the word, the spirit, and some confirming circumstances, and then the the closing element is the peace of God. Because Jesus said, my peace I give you, my peace I leave you, not as the world gives you, give I to thee. 
And he said, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Well, Paul the Apostle said that in Colossians uh, chapter 3. And the funny thing about that phrase, that word rule is the, the word for umpire or referee. So when it says in Colossians, it has the idea of the Olympics from that timeline, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. It's like an Olympic official at the track making sure that you're in your lane. It's a referee. That, and we would use the same term, really, it really truly is the same term with baseball when the umpire says he's safe or, he's, or she's out. Like, it's, let the peace rule in your heart. So there's a play at the plate. It's, it's the word. It's the spirit. It's circumstances. It's there, and it's like, he's safe. You know, it's like, it's in. This is the Lord. Or, but all of a sudden, like, the, the, the peace isn't there. And it's like, you're like, oh, it looks, it just looked like it was it. Like, I thought for sure this was the job. We did this, we did that. We had, we had, the, we had, it seemed like the word of God was lined up. It seemed like the spirit of God was lined up. And even some circumstances. And we're there, and all of a sudden, it's just like, he's out. You know, and you're like, what? I thought this was my job. How could we fall out of escrow? How did that happen? No. You're like, all right. Like, right. Awesome, you know, like. Like, but you got to let God say out when you're out. Because last thing you want to do is try and be safe when you're out. Don't ever go against the peace of God. It's to guide us, to ruin our hearts like the cloud and the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And there are times when it looks good, but you take a step, you're like, eh, eh, you know, like, and you get that. And we don't have it all figured out. That's what the journey of faith is like. Because even Paul the Apostle in Acts 16, he went to Bithynia and then it says the spirit forbid him. How far do you get into the mountain pass where you figured out the peace of God's back there in the valley? And then they're going to go into Asia where Ephesus was. And again, like the Holy Spirit forbid them. Like how close did he get to the seaports of modern Turkey? It's like, he's got Timothy and he's got Silas with him. They're like, okay, so we did a little mountain thing. We just did a little coastal thing. And now you're saying... You don't know? Then he wakes up the next morning, you know, when they're having coffee in the morning, he goes, hey, you'll never believe this. I had a dream last night. Oh, do tell. I had a dream. There was a man, he's a Macedonian, saying, come over here. So now wait a minute. You mean, we went to the mountains and went to the coast, and now you're telling us, you had a dream? And we're going to go to Europe? Because you had a dream? Because a man said, come over here. Yes. Well, that's how the gospel got to Europe. That's how the gospel got to Europe. Because, of course, it was Lydia from Thyatira and the women by the river. But then there's the Philippian jailer and all the wonderful things that happened in Philippi. So it's okay to, like, get off of the wrong exit and turn around or something or, like, you know, redirect. Like, wait a second, GPS isn't working. <laughs> you know, like, God doesn't give it all to us at one time. It, there are steps of faith. And that's part of the process to grow and learn. And so he is going to lead us. He's going to lead us. He's going to lead us by his word. He's going to lead us through the the spirit, the quiet voice of the Lord. He's going to confirm things. He'll meet you where you're at to confirm to you personally. That's the beauty of it. He confirms things to you personally for how you think and how you are. He'll confirm them to you. And then he'll give you that peace. And that peace allows you to stand in the midst of chaos like the eye of a hurricane. Just peace in the midst of that. You can keep your calm and keep your composure and keep going in the right direction. This is who's leading us. And he says to us tonight, on March 6, 2021, almost a year to the day, when all of it just unraveled before our eyes, all the craziness and the unknown, Jesus stayed the same the whole time. And he's not failed. 
He's never going to fail. And he still says to us, I've set the land before you. He has set his calling and purposes on our lives and all the human adventure and experiences, high, low, he set it before us. And so tonight I remind us, he's got this. He's setting it before us. We got to get after it, conquer our fears and just get after it. We got to know that he's going to go before us and we got to know he's going to guide us in the journey. And in the end, when it's all said and done, we want to be like Joshua. Because one who believes is the one who enters in. And not only do they enter in for themselves, they pass on the blessing to the next generation. That's who we want to be, right? It's a reload. It's, it's the, it's the, it's, there's been a reset, and I want to be in front of it. I, I want to be in more meetings. We're sitting down and talking about what the Lord's going to do for the next 20 years in, in uh, Russia. Don't you want to be in those kind of meetings? Like to have the vision that the kingdom's advancing and how we can go forward in a new generation. That, that's what we want to be. That's who we want to be. That's, that's a future and a hope. Not thoughts of evil, but a future and a hope. That's what's in front of us. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.